Welcome to the Unbranded Podcast with Misty and Loves You. I am your host, Susie Dean. In today's episode, we have Haley Scott. Haley and I actually went to high school together, and it was really great to catch up with her. She is a rapidly growing fashion and travel influencer on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. And in this episode, she's going to provide you with a lot of valuable takeaways, tips, and tricks when it comes to starting and maintaining your influencer journey on social media, travel, and just general living in in your 20s. I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I did. Doing now social media is influencing is fun money and then you have a job job. Yeah, so social media, fun money, I don't put any pressure on it. I don't count that towards my income, like obviously for taxes I do, but like I don't count on that money because I don't want to put pressure on myself for that. But full-time I actually work a corporate job for a robotic process automation company. And I do HRIS, which is basically like, to explain it in very like simple terms, it's like IT for HR. So I kind of build and customize oh. HR systems. Doing it. Um, HRIS, like total, yeah. I think. Oh my God, I don't even know. Let me think about it. I think like three or four years now. Do you think you want to stick to it? I do just so like I don't I don't really think about it too much because I like it it's I don't I don't like log in every day and I'm like oh my god I hate my job like I don't dread it it's fun it's not incredibly stressful to me um especially where I'm at now because it's a smaller company um but I do like it and I don't feel the need for a career change because it is so like specialized um so I really like it for now but also like I like to keep myself open. So if something comes up in a different avenue, it's never too late to change your job. I just, so many things. I hate, um, I hate asking people about their goals. So I tried not to make it sound like that because especially at the stage in our lives that we're at right now, it's totally fine to go with the flow. And I think that not going with the flow or when you have the opportunity to not opening up yourself for other options or career changes can very quickly lead to burnout and then affect all areas of your life. No, absolutely. Like I, when I graduated, I was convinced I was going to be in marketing. Like I was like, I'm going to do marketing. Not didn't happen. And now I'm here and I'm so happier. And I think if I was doing marketing full-time, I'd be burnout and I wouldn't be able to do my own influencer journey thing. So it was a blessing in disguise. Yeah. And it's so important that you also didn't tie yourself to marketing. You allowed yourself to be open to these different opportunities and different career industries. And I mean, now you're experiencing so much joy, a passion, maybe not a I don't know if it's passion, but a skill that you've really honed in on and become really comfortable with that allows you also to work from home and have time and energy to do stuff on the side. So I think there's a lot to say about not being so strictly goal oriented or anticipating a specific path when it comes to thinking about our future, because that cuts us off from so many opportunities. Yeah. And I think, I think it's really interesting that you use the word passion because I always say this, like I started saying it jokingly, but I, I genuinely mean it. And I said like, normalize not being passionate about your job. Yeah. And it's okay. I don't think you should be miserable, right? Right. Like you should not log in dreading your job. But I, I found that I want to do well at my job, 
but from nine to five. And because I'm not like so incredibly like this is my life, when I close the computer, I can go live my life. You know, yeah. like I'm passionate about my life, not my job. And I yeah. think that that's okay. Like, I think it's okay to not find passion in your job as long as you're not miserable. Like, I completely agree. I talked about this a lot when it came to teaching. I was very passionate about teaching. And because I was very passionate about my career, it became my identity. And Mm -hmm. I think I've been learning so much about the value of having jobs or careers for like just the sake of having jobs and careers and getting a paycheck because it then and not being miserable, correct, and just doing the job and it's fine and it's whatever, because then you don't tie your identity to it or you don't fall into that trap. And then as a result, you're able to be more passionate about things outside of the workplace, whether that's your own hobbies, um, activities that you want to take part in, spending time and cultivating friendships. And that's, that's ultimately if we stay in that cycle of maintaining our passions outside of the workplace, then that's going to give us the energy to then do our jobs in the workplace extra well. And then, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I respect the hell out of my job because it pays for my passions. And I'm like, yeah, obviously I'd love to not work in money, like no matter what, but realistically that's not going to happen. So I'm not miserable. I have great respect for my job and I appreciate that it pays for me to do whatever I want after nine to five, which and you I think do it's important do a lot of stuff. What did you say? <laughs> I do. I do do a lot of stuff. Yes. Yeah. So you, there are two things that I want to talk about here. I want to talk about all of your travel and I want to talk about influencing, but I want to talk about influencing okay. first. So how, where did the social media start? Where did the influencing start? You have been growing. I've been watching. I'm so impressed by you. You're doing these cool collabs. So how did I get into social media, like influencing stuff? Okay. So I think initially the love came from photography and content creating, right? And I say this because you know how when you were in like middle school, there was always that one girl that had the little hot pink digital camera and then she was the one that uploaded the 300 photos to facebook that was me um i was also always videoing everything like literally i was 12 years old making little like hannah montana music videos with my friends posting them nowhere but just making them i think i've always been doing some type of video photo editing and when social media kind of became a thing and i was like people are making money doing this Um, And I already am doing it. I already love doing it. It's something that is like fun to me. So it kind of just made sense naturally to go to that space. And I love clothes. So I was like, let's combine photography and clothes and travel into one potentially lucrative business. Um, I'm also a Leo rising. So I feel like a little bit of me just like really likes the attention. Um, Art, like what date year did you start what content did you start to be um, putting out? What trends did you see? How are you engaging with your audience? I want to know what the experience has been like. So it's interesting. When I first started out, I was heavily, heavily in the preppy community. Um, yeah. And I loved 
like I was kind of just like finding myself and finding my style. And I, at the time I really liked preppy clothes on me. I felt confident in them. I loved what it was doing for me. And I really liked the photography element because I felt like, I feel like a lot of fashion influencers, it's not really necessarily about the pictures, but with like the preppy side of things, it's very like curated with the camera and the flowers and you know, the whole shebang. So I got really into that side of the influencing world and things were going pretty well, but then I slowly started to feel kind of like very stuck. And I would say that was in like 20, it was after college because like, there's no way I could have afforded to do it in college. Um, I want to say it's like 2019 that I started 2018. Okay. Okay. Um, and the blog was mainly about like, just kind of preppy style, sharing a lot of like J Crew and things like that, and then travel. But I was traveling to very like preppy places, like Nantucket and Maine, <sighs> yeah. and Palm Beach, and I loved it. I I really did. But I started to feel like very much like, oh my god, I'm I'm one burnout, and two, I kind of felt like I was in like uh, a spending vacuum because like preppy clothes, it's like very expensive clothing and it kind of all starts to look the same and not in a negative way. Like I, the preppy girls, you're doing your thing. You're great. <laughs> I wanted to branch out from that because it was no longer like making me feel good, making me feel confident. And I feel like once that stops, your clothes stop doing that for you, shift, adjust, like yeah. see what you like now. And I started switching to more like, I guess, fashion girly. I don't know. Like I don't really even know how to describe it. Like Pinterest girl, like more trendy pieces, but I wouldn't say like yeah. fast fashion or anything. And it was, it was eye opening. Like I only had about 4,000 followers. Um, I still only have about that on Instagram, but it was very eye opening. Like how many people unfollowed me or had a problem with the fact that I was transitioning to a new style. Like it was like, I was like betraying them. And I was like, this is so strange. Like I didn't know anyone cared. Um, but I'm so much happier now and I feel like I have so much more creative freedom to just post like an iPhone picture and post like actually yeah. styling clothes versus like the pressure to buy a new Dre Crew sweater. And right. now I feel like I can like mess around with the style, like wear crazy pants and like makeup and stuff like that. Like I don't have to stay in a box, you know? And I know for me, sense. your content that you've been putting out has been just much, just very, not that I can compare, but it's very authentic and laid back and and casual in a way. It's approachable. So yeah. I definitely see that whatever you're doing now, however you want to categorize it, has definitely the potential and you've probably seen to gain a lot more interest and a lot more of a following because it can appeal to so many different types of, of people and how, regardless of how they identify fashion-wise. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of what I was feeling. I was like, I'm feeling so stuck in this bubble of I have to do these staged photo shoots and these staged things. And now I'm like, oh, I'm going to go grab a coffee, take a picture of my outfit and I can post it. Or I can just talk on here and be silly or like wear something right. scandalous if I want to because I'm young. Right. Um, and it's, it's thank you for saying that because I feel that it is a lot more authentic now than it was. Uh, and I, I'm way happier and I'm way less stressed. Yeah. Just trying to present this like image of perfection all the time. I, I really identify with what you said about when you switched from preppy to however trend, I would consider you trending now. you're following trends and updating people on yeah. what's, what's in. Um, 
because I, for like the past couple of years, have been very, very hippy dippy. And I would go to school mm -hmm. and I would have like my flowy clothes, all of my rings and bracelets and flowy pants and my crystal necklaces, which I'm still into the crystal stuff and I still wear tons of rings every day. But all of those outfits just, I'm feeling a shift and they're not really feeling like they're representing this phase of my life anymore. And it, it sounds so silly, but it has been hard to break away from that and start seeking out a wardrobe and seeking out other styles that aren't that because for so long I identified as the little hippie girl. It becomes like your brand. And right. I remember I was in a fitting room one day and I saw these like really trendy pants and I tried them on and I loved them. And I was like, I out loud, I was like, well, this, these aren't really my brand. And I was like, what the heck? I am my brand. I can wear whatever I want. Like, yes. what am I doing? Like, I can wear cool other pants if I want. It doesn't mean that I'm no longer dressed preppy ever. Sometimes I like a good preppy moment, but you don't have to stay in like a box. And it, when you get stuck in that box, it's it's hard to get yeah. out. It, 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 it is. Well, like weird about it. But do you think that once you gave yourself the permission to get out of that preppy box that now do you think it would be easier if you did want to switch to another style out of what you're doing now? Do you think it would be? Okay. Yeah, because I don't feel like I stay in like one box. Like if I see something on Instagram and I like it, I'm like, okay, I'm wearing it. Uh, I want to wear that. I want to wear this. I don't care. I don't have like, that's why when someone's like, describe your style. And I kind of jokingly say like, whatever the event is. Like if we're going hiking, I'm going to be granola girl core. <laughs> like if we're going <laughs> yes. to Nantucket, I'm going to break the preppy stuff back out. If we're going to New York, I'm yeah. going to be street style, leather jacket. Like what, whatever I feel confident in is how I would describe my style. And that does not stick in a box kind of a thing. So if there's someone listening that might not know what their style is or not know where to start or just like have a wardrobe where they feel like it's old and it's not really matching up with them anymore. What might be the best yeah. way for someone to find that base foundational style? Yeah. So I have like three things that really helped me. And I would say like Pinterest is one of them. Yeah. I, what I did is I got on Pinterest and I started pinning outfits that I really liked, not putting pressure on it, not saying I would wear it or not. None of that. Just, do I like this? Yes. Do I like this? Yes. And then what I did is I went back and looked at this giant album of stuff. And I, I started to see trends. Like I like a lot of outfits with longer shorts. I don't like short shorts. I don't buy them. They don't look good on me. I don't feel confident in them. So that's not something that I would probably ever purchase. Right. And then I noticed a lot of flowy dresses and I said, okay, I like flowy dresses. So then I had like a list of things that my wardrobe was missing that I'm interested in finding. So that was the first thing I did, like really figuring out what I liked and what I knew I wouldn't like on me is that was a journey. <laughs> uh, Cause sometimes yeah, you I like something on someone else and you put it on you and you're like, this is yeah. not, this is not me. So not forcing that on yourself. Right. And then the second thing I would say is go through your entire closet. And I think this is important, even if you don't want to change your style, but as someone in your late twenties, like your body changes, yeah. um, go through your closet and try on every single thing. And if you don't feel confident in it, get rid of it. 
it's done. Do not say, I'm going to keep this if I lose a few pounds. Oh, it'll be good to have just in case. Get rid of it. Because anytime you wear it, you're not going to feel good about yourself. Yeah. Like, kick it to the curb. The shorts are a little tight. Goodbye. Like, it's, <laughs> get rid of it. And it's hard. It's really hard. You can do it slowly. You can pops. Get rid of it. And don't just keep something for the sake of keeping it. Like, do I feel confident in this? Does it fit me? And do I actually like it? Are the three questions you have to ask yourself. And that helped me so much because then I realized there's a lot of things I don't have, like that I need, like pants that I actually like the way I look in for number one. Like that's the base for any outfit, like good jeans that you like on your body. If you don't have that, you don't have into my closet and there's so many clothes, but not a lot of clothes that I actually wear. And I go through every so often and I did a huge purge of my closet um, this summer but there are still pieces that, like, I have, like, a collared Brooks Brothers, like, um, tennis tank thing. And my boobs are absolutely way too big for it right now since I'm breastfeeding. And I've had it for years and years and years. And it's not really aligned with my style anymore. But it's one of those things where I'm like, what if I go to Top Golf and want to dress up with my friends and have this on hand? And then I give it away and I don't. And I feel that way with a lot of pieces in my closet and that's why I'm holding on to them. But you say, just chuck it. Oh, I used to say the same thing. Like, let me hold on to this in case I need it. And the thing is like, I never ended up needing it. I know. And if I did end up, here's the thing. If you did end up needing it, you went and bought something. We're like, I'm going to go get a fit. You're not going to wear it. If you have a year, if you haven't worn it in a year and a half, it's got to go. Unless it's like a wedding dress or like a coat, like those are different. Those are things. But like that one collared top in your closet, you will probably never wear that again. I know you're right. And if you wear it, you're going to wear it for the sake of wearing it, not because you feel like you love it and you feel great. That's like we keep getting off on these tangents because I still really want to know about influencing. Is because this is something that you're doing on the side for your extra fun money. Yes. And yes, you've been you've been learning as you go. You've been figuring out different ways to monetize. You have absolutely been growing your following. Like again, how has that been going? What tips and tricks have you learned? What hiccups have you gone through? What are your plans for the future? I hate uh, talking about goals, but if you have any, I would love to talk about it. Uh, okay, so I'll start with like hiccups and things like that what I've learned um what I've learned is you have to be really careful about how much you overconsume because you two things happen you're you're overconsuming content and then you feel this pressure to overbuy and overspend and then the second thing is you find this this fearless need to compete with other people yeah and that's and I got really into that space when I was in the preppy space. But if you fall into either of those, you're in trouble because you start to feel like, why does she have more followers than me? Like my content isn't necessarily better. I don't want to say that, but like I'm putting out just as much great content. Why is she blowing up? And you have to take that element out because you also don't know what those people are doing on the back end. So like they might not have a full-time job. They might be able to engage all day all day be in engagement groups like 
really connect, spend all day reaching out to brands. Like I don't have the luxury of doing that. Um, so I only can commit like 20 to 30 hours a week to this. Cause I also have 40 hours a week to my regular job and then my life. Um, so it's definitely those two things are like kind of the biggest hiccup. And then I would say also just like not putting pressure on followers because I was doing that for a really long time. Like I was like keeping track of followers and I was like, my goal this month is to hit this many followers. And it wasn't happening. It just yeah. wasn't happening. And I shifted what I was doing. And I said, who cares about the followers post? Like you already are famous is the best advice that I, that I ever got. Um, yes. And they were like, just post you're already famous because it's only going to take one video to blow up. And now you have all these people to your page and they're going to start stalking you and they're going to see this amazing content. And I think that I've had a lot of success on TikTok. Um, a lot of people have had success with Instagram still. So I think Instagram just isn't for me. Like it doesn't like me. So at this point, I'm just maintaining it for fun. Um, but TikTok has been amazing. Like I feel like you can really just be really personable on there and just get on there and chat and share advice and share clothes and share lists and providing like value to people has helped so much as well. Um, so I think those are kind of some things along the way. I almost gave up on this a while ago because I was just like, I'm not having fun. I'm not having fun anymore. So I don't want to do it. But once I kind of shifted my mindset and focused primarily on just posting whatever the heck I wanted on TikTok and having fun with it, I've, I've really gotten a second like fire about it and I'm having a lot more fun doing it. <laughs> I've only recently adopted the mindset of kind of putting your blinders on and not over consuming content because when you're able to just start posting what makes you happy or what you think, what you personally think is interesting or looks cute or works for you in your life and your daily routine without the influence of other people, then you're going to start putting out more authentic content. And the authenticity in you as a personality and as an individual is what's going to get followers to your page and followers engaged in your page, because there's a difference between having a lot of followers and then having followers that are engaged with your content. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think there is a pressure, a, a comparison component, because there are people that live in these gorgeous homes and gorgeous lighting all the time. And it's a lot easier for them to blow up. And I'm not saying they don't work hard, but it's easy to kind of post every aspect of your day when your entire life is aesthetic and beautiful. And yeah. that is not the reality for me. I live in like an old Florida cottage and I love it. And she's so cute. For me. And once I got past that, like my life, everything has to be aesthetic, like mindset and just started talking on the clock app. Um, yeah. things have been so much better. It is something that you compare yourself a lot. You're like, Oh, I wish I had a perfect kitchen. Like most people don't. What tips would you give to um, people that might be starting out on social media or might be wanting to be an influencer or get into a particular space? What advice would you give for mm -hmm. getting it off the ground for beginners? Um, my first piece of advice would be to think about why you're doing it. Um, if it's just for followers and likes and fame, like you're going to have to reevaluate because to become really, really famous, you have to kind of overshare on the internet. Um, so if that's your goal, like really think about it. Uh, yeah. Be open to criticism. Yeah. Uh, the second thing, once you're, you've committed to it, you want to do it. And as I would say, consistency. And I, I don't like the idea of niching down because I think that's really limiting. 
And most of the people that I check up on and follow, and I'm sure you can relate to this, is you enjoy them as a person, not just like one thing about them. Like you like hearing them talk, but you also like seeing what they're wearing and you also like seeing where they're going. Like you want to know everything about them. Um, So I would say consistency, being really authentic, like, uh, and I don't think you have to overshare personal things, but you can be authentic to your life. Um, and then just like quality relationship building. Like I have had so many fun opportunities from other girls that are doing social media that I've become like little friends with only on the internet. And I've like been able to travel because of that and meet meet up with them in person. And they've connected me with brands and just like, I've had so many great opportunities by building friendships with other influencers and even small accounts, just like the greatest time doing that. Um, and then adding your email to your bio. This is my number one tip. Yes. Nobody has their email in their <laughs> Add your email in your bio and your location because that's how brands and local like coffee shops, restaurants and stuff reach out to you. Like I've had so many free dinners just to post a picture because they know I Shut live up. in Florida. Yeah. Piece of advice, tag everyone. Tag everyone. Yes. Like if you go to a local restaurant and you like it, tag yeah. them. Tag yes. them because I guarantee you they want content as much as you want to eat for free or as much yeah. as you want to like use their business. So just tag brands too, like even small brands. Um, just tag everyone and everything you're wearing. It's great. Yes. Yes. Tag everyone, tag them in your stories because what I've been finding is I've only recently started reaching out to brands on my own to potentially collab. And when I DM them or when they look up, my Instagram or my TikTok, they'll see how many times I've tagged them in my stories or my posts and how much I authentically use it. So they'll be more, they'll be more likely to want to work with me because they already know that I'm passionate about the product and the brand. So that, Absolutely. that's and building it up on the back end before you approach. Yeah, no, it's so important. And like, you don't want to just work with anyone. You want to work with people, you know, and you like, right. and actually would wear or want to wear not just for the sake of yeah not just for the sake of money or free stuff because also if you're posting things and using things and approaching brands that you actually use and love then that's going to that's going to contribute to your audience trust in you which is what brands actually want they want an audience that trusts you and trusts your opinions and your um reviews on on things your honest takes and that's what's going to get them to use your discount code and buy from those brands. And then that's going to lead to those brands wanting to have a prolonged relationship with you. When you first start out, you're going to get so many emails of brands wanting to send you free things in exchange for a ridiculous amount of deliverables. And it's going to be so many skincare, so many makeup brands, so many like smaller companies. But just be mindful of how much you take on. Yeah. And like, I don't personally really work with any skincare, hair care, makeup brands that I haven't already used myself because how can I recommend this to someone? I've never used it. Yeah. Um, But you're going to get so many emails. Like my inbox every day is like, we want to send you stuff for free, but you have to post an Instagram post and a reel. And I'm like, I'm not doing that for free. No. That's crazy. That's a lot of work. Like my content is good. That's a lot of work. Um, So just be mindful of what you commit to, I think is what... I'm getting out with this. Well, now that we're also talking about brands offering things for free, while on one hand, I will sometimes take things for free if it's 
something that I really want or was going to buy anyway. But there's a lot to say about um, valuing yourself in what you counter monetarily. Yeah, I think there's also to say I've never I'm not saying I've never done free collapse. I've done plenty of them, but I really try to limit is this worth it? Like, was I already going to buy this? So I don't mind giving this for free and taking a picture. And then also what the expectations are, because a lot of things times I'll agree to like exchange of goods basically, but there's no posting requirement. There's not like you have to post a reel by this day mm-hmm. and a picture by this mm-hmm. day. That kind of turns me off because I'm like, you're gifting me something with incredibly high expectations. Right. Right. Like not, Hey, we'd love if you could mention us in a TikTok, or we'd love if you could just post this on your story like that. I'm way more apt to be like, absolutely. Versus like this pressure to produce deliverables. Primary um, methods for monetizing on social media as an influencer. Brand working with brands and working with brands, not even just posting, but I've worked with so many brands where they just want me to make it's called UGC. They just yeah. want me to make them TikToks and Reels. I never have to post them and they pay me for them. Yeah. So I made a lot of money doing that. And then um, also obviously commissionable links. So like like to know it, um, Amazon storefront. I don't shop at Amazon that much. So I haven't had a ton of success oh. with that because I just don't really link to that. Like I think I've paced like 10 or Amazon orders this entire year. And like most of it was for home stuff. Wow. Um, but like clothing wise, like I make a lot of money on LTK and I found that it translates better from TikTok because I'll just be like, you guys need this basic white shirt and everyone's like running to the link in the bio. So that's like the two best ways to make money is like creating content for brands and commissionable links. In my opinion, don't rely on the platform that you're using to pay you because it's not going to, it's not going to. Admire how much you travel and how you travel sometimes on a whim. I have never left the United States. I think I went to like, I mean, I went to like a cruise to Jamaica and the Virgin Islands. I don't, I don't count that. And you are going to Europe and you're going to Mexico and you're having all these fun experiences. And I, I mean, I don't, have that freedom anymore because I have a little baby, but there's so much value in traveling the world. And I want to know if that's something that your parents instilled in you, or if that was something that you decided to take on in college, where did that come from? Um, I think it's like a little bit of a combination. So I always, we would travel growing up, not on the scale that I am traveling now. Um, but we would do like domestic trips um like we'd go skiing every once in a while like not anything glamorous nobody come for me um very much like low-key like walmart ski gear type of situation yeah um we would go like on a cruise every once in a while so i think i always liked traveling but i don't think that like my parents instilled this like crazy love of it in me um I will say it did kind of start to manifest as I got older and I realized like, I really love, I love photography, not just of myself and not just of my outfits, but I really like it. And I kind of got into this mindset of like, I want to go everywhere. And I would see pictures on Instagram of like random ass places. And I would be like, I want to take a picture there. That looks so cool. I want to see that. 
And once I started making money, um, like out of college, I was still living at home, which I think yeah. I want to preface huge factor in my financial situation is I lived yeah. at home until last year. So yeah. for till I was 27. And I think that that's so important. If you can, if you're in a situation to do that and you're not going to be miserable, like definitely take advantage of that and not feel embarrassed. Like I was not embarrassed in the least bit to live at home. And I didn't have anything tying me down. So I was like, I can travel wherever I want, whenever I want. Cause I have money. I don't have rent. I don't have bills. Like I need to take advantage of this privilege that I've been given. And I love the pictures I love. And I wanted somewhere to wear my outfits because I mean, you live in Florida, you know, nobody's really fashion showing here. Right. Like it's, that's true. It's not really it like everyone's wearing beachwear all the time and like that's yeah. not even really my thing yeah so i started kind of from and then i will say when i was working and um my, my best friend josh we were working together at the time and we had become kind of close and his partner is a flight attendant so i got standby flights okay and that's why i was traveling everywhere so last minute because this was before covid uh hotels yeah. were so cheap and i was getting a standby flight and it was like you want to fly to this random town in Connecticut, there's 40 open seats on the flight and it's going to cost you $50. Yeah. I absolutely want to do that. So yeah. just kind of like taught me to be spontaneous because I don't think oh. I was a spontaneous person. Like naturally I yeah. am not, it is Same. not who I am. Never have been, never will be. Um, yeah. But getting out of my comfort zone and being like, okay, yeah, let's, let's do it. And realizing, I think like the freedom when you're older is you can handle anything like that. Like if I don't make this flight, oh, well, I'll find another one. Like I'm an adult. I have yeah. a savings account. I have a bank account plan. I will figure it out. And it, you figure it out. <laughs> you figure it out Not about it that way. But you're absolutely right. When you are an adult, you kind of have this light bulb moment where you're like, I, I've been, I've been training for this my whole life. I have all the resources. Yeah. I, I, or not all of the resources, but like a flight doesn't yeah. work out. And also there are options. I can walk through different options. I know that there are things that I, whatever. I don't know if you're an anxious person. Like I'm oh, yeah. super anxious. I'm on Zan. And I'm not saying that this is like, this is healthy, but this is how I handle this kind of thing is I think of like, what's stressing me out, right? Like what is the one thing that I'm so afraid is going to happen? And then I, voice it out loud. And I'm like, okay, so how would you handle it? Like I have those conversations with myself and then I've gone through every scenario and I know exactly how I would handle it. So when it does happen, yeah. I'm not stressed. I'm like, okay, I said, this was a possibility. Guess what? You already have a plan. You're ready. Let's go. Well, just what you were saying. It's so simple to do, but being able to map out what, what the worst case scenario is and how you can move forward from it relieves so much of that anxiety once you see that there is an option it's yeah. not the end of the world it doesn't stop at the worst case scenario never and i so many people like disagree with that approach because they're like stop thinking of worst case and it's like no because i physically cannot stop mm -hmm. thinking of worst case so yeah. the only way for me to get through that is to have a plan in my head this way, if it does happen, I'm not blindsided. I'm not stressed. It, it is what it is. And that switching that mindset of just don't think about it to, okay, think about it, address it and move on from it has helped me so much. Like 
so much. So you already said that travel and who's your best friend? What's his name? My best friend, Josh. I don't know if he's going to watch this or not, but his name is Josh. (laughs) So Josh's partner is the flight attendant who helps you be on, on standby. And that you said that taught you how to become more comfortable with being spontaneous. What else have you learned through your travels, whether it's just traveling on your own or like things that you've picked up from different cultures that you visited? How do you think it's shaped your personality or changed you? I think once you start traveling and I don't know if anyone from South Florida listens to this, but I think it's relatable in any town is like, you kind of get stuck in like a bubble where you don't really have any other shared experience than where you're living. And traveling is very eye opening to see just like how different the United States even like, let's talk about domestic travel. Cause that's all I was doing for a while. It's just like how different it is just in other cities across the United States. Like it's, it's yeah. insane. The like silos, the different States live in uh, even Northern Florida, like it's yeah. completely different. Now Florida, like it's absolutely wild. And I think eye opening that and something that I think I've learned a lot from traveling is where you want to live because you might be have never left your state and you think you love it so much and then you might go somewhere and be like actually i love this way more and i want to live here so i think that's definitely something that i learned and then the ability to adapt because yeah. not every place is the same um, that's a huge huge one for me because i used to not be very like i used to like kind of shut down to be honest with you but i've night and day to who i used to be and then how to be organized and budget both your time and your money. Like budgeting work schedule, work time, like time blocking. Like I know I have a trip coming up, so I got to get this project in and then budgeting money. Like I'm much more conscious of, I don't really go out to dinner. I don't really go out drinking. I don't really spend any money other than on traveling and clothes. Like I'm very much like miss budgets. Those are the things that bring me joy, not going out to dinner. So making concessions to do the things you love. Travel has taught me that for sure. Can you tell me about your most on the whim trip? Okay. Wasn't there one recently? That one? Yeah, but I don't count that one. It was so simple. I would say my most like on the whim, on the whim trip was when I went to Iceland. Um, which I know, I know it sounds crazy. Like you went to Iceland on a whim. Wow. So last year in around August of 2021, uh, yeah, that's right. I decided to drive across the country, which was also pretty spontaneous. Um, so I was in my spontaneous era apparently. And I decided I'm going to drive across the country by myself and I'm going to go live in California for two months. And then I'm going to drive back. And my friend decided to join me, but originally my plan was to do by myself and I'm going to go lower half, stay two months in California and then upper half of the United States. Wait, 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 wait. One, where were you living in California? Did you have a friend over there that you could crash on their couch? Was it an Airbnb? I did a two month long Airbnb. I got this little beach cottage in a tiny little town, like a little town, smaller, smaller town, like 45 minutes outside of San Diego called Oceanside, right on the beach. Yes. Um, And they gave me like a two month rate to stay there. Yes. And 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 you work remotely anyway. So you were still working and getting advantage of working remote who knows if this is going to be my life forever i might have to get a job that i go back into an office you never know like the world is changing well there's another pandemic and then 
we were locked inside for two years. Right. Um, I was also having a bit of a crisis about like settling down in Florida. So I really feel like I needed to get that out of my system. Okay. Um, okay. I was there. I was there. Gone for, gone for whatever. It was like, I want to say like a week before I was going to start my 20 day journey home. Josh yeah. called me and he was like, hey, we're going to Iceland on November 1st. Like, do you want to come? My passport didn't have it. It was off at the U.S. government. And I was like, um, if my passport gets back in time, I would love to go. But they were leaving five days after I got back from my three-month-long trip. So I'm like, do I do this? Like, this is crazy, right? And I called my mom. And she was like, normally she's she's like, I think that's a lot. But she was like, you should do it. And I was like... I was kind of shocked that she said, like, you should do it. She's supportive. That's not in any way why she would have said not to do it, just, like, being realistic with time. And I was like, okay, if I get my passport, great. If I don't, oh, well. Got my passport, literally booked my flight, I think, like, a month before, less than a month before I went to Iceland. And all while this was happening, all of a sudden, I was interviewing for a new job and got a new job. So I got home October 31st, started a new job November 1st. That following Monday, I left for Iceland. Oh it was God. the craziest like, two months of my life. And I'm like, if I can handle that, I can handle anything. Yeah, you can. <laughs> it was, what was it like when you went to Iceland? Was it wonderful? How long was your trip? Iceland was fabulous. It was 10, 10 days. Um, yeah. I actually messed up the little flight situation and I booked a flight the day before everyone else. And I was like panicking a little bit. because I was like, I'm going to be in Iceland alone. Then I was like, you know what? You're an adult. You'll get an Airbnb. You'll be fine. But then everyone ended up moving their flight and it was fine. Okay. But funny story, spontaneous, sometimes isn't fun. Um, There was nothing to rent. So we rented this little like shed style thing in someone's house. And it was literally like, you know, the sheds you buy at Home Depot. Oh. Like, three of us sleeping in that. It was like summer camp. It was so funny. Um, but it's a good memory. Questions, I came up with them today. They're different for every guest based on who that guest is and what I've been observing. So hopefully these are things that you are able to answer easily. Um, I hate getting questions on the spot that I don't know beforehand. They make me really nervous. So I keep that in mind when I make these. So hopefully you don't feel that same kind of crippling anxiety that I do. Okay, number one, best item that you've ever found while thrifting. Oh, this is hard. Okay. My best item that I ever, ever, ever found while thrifting, honestly, my black bomber jacket. If you have a black leather bomber jacket, it goes with every outfit and you just look cool. Like immediately you are cool. That's, I stand by it. And it's the greatest thing I've ever found. And I, yes. You take thrifting very seriously. Oh, it's a sport. I go in with a list. I go in with reference photos. I have a vision. I'm ready to go. And you have to be committed to that because if you have a a list and a reference photo and you know what you're going in to get, there is no organization in some of these thrift stores. No, it is not your hanger to hanger. You got to go in, you had fed, maybe a coffee in your hand, maybe an audio book and just accept that you're going to be there for an hour. (laughs) But it's always worth it. It's worth it when you find that gem worth it sometimes you leave with nothing and that's okay too but okay um number two what is your go-to happy hour cocktail 
Oh my god, I never get drinks. I'm so lame. Um, okay. You're not lame. Do I, you have a drink? I do. I just like I'm not like I think I've had like two drinks this whole month. I would say, okay, so I love a watermelon margarita, which is interesting because I don't like watermelon, but I love watermelon margarita. Okay. So that's not really too, but if I'm going out, like we're going to drink, um, I drink vodka, water, lime because I can't have a lot of sugar because I have, my body does not process sugar well. So vodka, water, lime, you're hydrating while you're drinking. Okay. And if you're wondering if it tastes good, the answer is no, but you get used to it. <laughs> it's all about training. Um, number three, top three comfort accounts that you follow on social media. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. Like okay. who you go to at the end of the day, like what are they up to? Yes. Type of situation. Okay. I got to think about this. And this can be Instagram or TikTok or YouTube. Okay. I really like JC Marie Smith. I don't know if anyone follows her. She's so funny. And okay. she used to be really in the travel influencer era where everything was curated and she completely switched and is now just doing like authentic genuine content. And I love her for that. And it's been nice to have someone doing that journey and seeing them be successful. And she's hilarious. Okay. So I would say her. And then, um, who do I like to check up on? Oh, Ken Urich. I don't know if anyone follows Kennedy Urich. She is so funny. She's younger than us. She's like 22, but she's so funny. She's so incredibly genuine, like to the point where I'm like, I wish I was as confident. Um, but she's great. I love her. And then what's my like other one that I'm like, I got to check up on them. Do you follow the new like golden retriever Chilaquil that talks in Spanish about his little vlogs for the day? No, I love him. I've never heard of this in my life. It's so cute. The mom like does the voiceover voice, but in like a Spanish, like she's she's this like a Spanglish situation and it's, it's literally the cutest thing ever. I love What's him. What's the style icons? Ooh, okay. I like this one. So I would say, obviously, my number one, my queen, Matilda Jer. Love her. She is so, so naturally stylish, which I appreciate the heck out of. Couldn't be me. I work very hard. Um, And then also, she's just like super genuine. I've met her in person. She was so nice. And I love that she uses like, all body types, all like different types of women as her models. Like she's every size, people with disabilities, just like, I love her so much. Um, and she just, if she wears it, it's going to be in style. So if you see her in it, get with the trend. Like if you want to follow trends, follow this girl, because she's, okay. she's got it. And she's not like fast fashion in any way whatsoever. So I really like her. And then I really like um, Bridget Brown. She's a little bit of a smaller smaller account i think she has under 200k which is still like big yeah. but i love her she has the best style and she thrifts all the time and i really like her account and then a smaller account that i like that's like growing really fast is my kind of my friend i would say rena calice she has the best style and it's super i think easy to recreate in a way that feels very like natural like you can you can do it with things you already have she just always looks so so those would be my three people that I'm like, what are you wearing? What are you doing? Let me see. Cause I'm going to copy you. <laughs> but I always tag them. And I'm like inspired by, like, I'm not, a, I'm not a poacher, Very um, nice. Very but nice. they're great. I really like them. Um, for sure. Those are my three different tiers. 
And then what is the best thing you've eaten on your travels outside of the U.S.? Um, I am like the biggest Italian food eater. So I would say when I, I have, I always, everyone makes fun of me because I talk about this one night in Italy. We went to this restaurant in Amalfi, just a random restaurant, walked up, sat down. And I say to everyone, like, that was the best night and meal of my life. Like the vibes were just so, so good. I had like wet hair from the beach and like a bun, a little sundress. And I got uh, like mozzarella, like, um, oh my gosh, what's the one? Caprese. Burrata? No, burrata. Thank you. Oh my God. I got burrata, but it came on like the freshest tomatoes I've ever had in my life. And I don't even really like tomatoes. Yeah. And I swear I ate every single tomato, um, in this bowl. So that was like the best food I ever had was such fresh pasta, fresh, just everything was so like, I felt so good after I ate the bread and the pasta and the cheese and everything like that was the best but i'm always happiest when i'm eating italian so (sighs) don't ask me well thank you so much for hanging out with me Haley. you have been such a delight to talk to it's been so easy to talk to you and so comfortable and authentic and we need to talk more often i agree i had so much fun we need to do like little facetimes so we can yeah Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Unbranded with Misty and Loves You. If you like this episode and you like the podcast, please, please, please rate, review, subscribe on any platform that you listen on. It makes me feel so joyful for the entire week. I really appreciate it. And it helps other people find my podcast that might need some of this in their lives as well. I hope you guys have the best day ever. Until next time, Misty and Loves You. Same time next week. Bye.